Welcome to the Bourbon Boys. Uh, this week, uh, it's going to be a two-episode podcast because this one is an episode I didn't think I was going to have to record. I don't really want to record it, but I feel like it needs to be recorded. Uh, it's a tribute to my friend, um, sort of father figure to me, Ricky Mungle. Uh, if you're around bourbon, especially if you're from Kentucky, uh, Lexington more directly, uh, you know who the Mungles are. The Mungles are mainstays in the bourbon community down there. <clears throat> They're they've been they've been on a lot of picks, done a lot of really good things with whiskey, but I wanted to go back. To the first time I met the Mongols, uh, I was pretty new to bourbon. I'd probably been in it for, I don't know, six months, maybe. Uh, could be less, could be a little bit more. I don't, I don't remember exactly how long it was, but it's been a while. And uh, I did a deal with them where I sold them or traded them. I can't remember what it was. A sold them, I think, a smooth ambler, unicorn rye pick. Uh, which now is pretty pretty infamous with how good it is, and I'm pretty sure I sold it to them for a, a good price. It was like a hundred bucks back then, which I thought was amazing. One hundred and fifty, I think. So basically, I tripled my money on it. Now it's worth crazy money. Beside the point. <laughs> First time I met them, I walked into their house. Uh, they sat me down and treated me like family from that moment forward. Basically. Every time when I walked in, they were like, sit down, try this, try this, try this. I didn't even go in their basement the first time to see the treasure trove of whiskey that was down there. But needless to say, from that point on, it felt like I was family. And I I was. That's what it boiled down to. I mean, from just the endless nights of drinking whiskey in their basement where you could have anything you wanted basically they opened up a lot b for me one time for i think it was for uh it was either my birthday or uh the birth of my first child i can't remember what it was but they opened up a lot b just for that and i came back in town and they opened it for everybody who was in the in the house and and they came over and uh when I moved into my house in Lexington, they came over and helped me basically cover the entire bar that I had in whiskey staves with their nail gun. I mean, it wasn't just whiskey. It was life. Fixed my uh, heating and air unit in my house, filled it with Freon for free or whatever the Freon cost. I can't remember what it was, but that's the kind of people they were. I mean, are I mean Julie still that person, but they'll always be known as the Mongols because you could not see one without seeing the other. They were attached to the hip. I think they would have had their I want to say their fifty fifth wedding anniversary. It was something crazy. They just saw it. That would have been like yesterday. And that's how you know people are salt of the earth 
if you could be married to somebody for that long, you guys to be good people because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting on about six or seven years myself and it's rough. My wife's awesome. Don't anybody tell her I said that. Love her. Regardless. I mean, just to say that they're good people doesn't really, it doesn't really say what they as a whole and Ricky individually meant to the bourbon community in Lexington. Everybody knew him. I mean, everybody knew him and loved him. If you didn't love the Mongols, it wasn't their problem. It was your problem because everybody loved him. They would, when I had parties at my house, they always brought something. Either it was meat they brought or it was their beloved margarita maker that they would wheel around on a little cart. (laughs) Wheeling a margarita maker into my house on a little cart. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Podcasts. I mean, they were always very, very uh, supportive of the podcast. And every time I came home, they came on. Uh, even though Ricky was a, a man of few words on the podcast, not a man of few words outside of the podcast. My man would tell you what he thought easily. He got mad at me, I think, once or twice. And he let me know it. And I knew I'd cross the line when I did it. And then, uh, I mean, I he forgave me. I don't know if he ever forgot it because he would still screw with me whenever he saw me every once in a while about it. Uh Ricky pretty much the epitome of what you want to be as a man, as a human. Uh, He, his girls, he loved his daughters, took care of them, let them move back into his house with him whenever they needed to, for whatever reason they had. And he would give them the shirt off his back. That's how, that's what kind of father he was. You can only hope to be as good of a father as Ricky was. Helped anybody who needed it, especially with heating and air stuff, since that's what they did. Uh, when I was out of a job, he uh, he let me work with them. Even though I didn't know shit about heating and air, I basically was the tool bitch. Or the, the van bitch, they called me, I think, if I remember correctly. Ricky was not one to uh, <laughs> to not curse at you for in loving ways. Apparently, he called me fat ass once. To somebody behind my, but I wouldn't have, I mean, he would have said it to my face. He just said it in a joking manner because he knew he was also big. So he thought he could say what he wanted to. And he could, Ricky would, I'd let Ricky get away with anything pretty much. Every time I walked in his house, the first words that I was greeted with were, Hey, big boy. As he was sitting in his chair with one of the dogs between his legs, just reclined. Um, CBD. He loves CBD. <laughs> One time I went over there, I told him I tried it once. Oh, you got to try this. I left the house with a, with a container of CBD oil for my, for my uh, ailments, for whatever ailed me. Um, anytime I came back to Lexington, it was, there was no question about where I was staying. I had to stay at the Mungles house. They wanted me there. I and mean, I got a brother that lives there. It just, 
it felt wrong not to see, you know, go see them at least. Uh, crushing blow, man. It, sudden, sudden loss is rough. It's not only rough dealing with it and everybody deals with it differently. And I'm not one that deals with it. Great. As far as letting my emotions out, uh, not, I'm still the old school, like my dad, where you did, you don't cry. You don't show emotions like that. And that's not the modern man, but that's what my dad was. And that's how I was born or grew up. And, my kids now just start crying at the drive of a hat. Back in the day, if I started crying like that, my dad would say, shut up before I give you something to cry about, <laughs> which is what I want to say to my kids every once in a while. But I don't want to f- be crying for my wife smacking the shit out of me, so I don't do that. <clears throat> oh, what else can you say about Ricky, man? There's so many things. <laughs> The look on his face when we had a we had a party over at his house one or their house one night and uh, we were all in the backyard and uh, this possum runs is running the backyard and I'm drunk enough that I get uh, hair wild hair up my ass and grab a wiffle ball bat and start beating this possum with a wiffle ball bat and I and I thought it was dead. Thought this possum was dead. Another guy that was at the party came over and stabbed him in the neck with his pocket knife. And there's a picture of me holding a possum by its tail. So I'm like, all right, I got to get rid of this. I whirl it like a softball pitcher arm. And I go to throw it over the fence and hits a fence. Didn't make it. So I go over there to just toss it over. When I get over there, some bitch is still alive. It's there hissing at me. Man, just getting an alert about the curfew tonight. The world's going crazy, man. <clears throat> world's going crazy and Ricky's gone. It's a good damn thing he's not here to see it. Because he heard, he sure as hell would have some things to say about it. One thing that Ricky and I disagreed on was Matt Jones. He hated him some Matt Jones. And I'm a fan of Matt Jones's podcast. Maybe not him as a human being. I don't know him, but uh, podcast, great. He didn't love Mark Stoops as a person either. And I don't know Mark Stoops as a person, but I like him the best. As a football coach, he's good. It's hard to put into words. I didn't write anything down. I never write anything down, so... It's hard to put into words what somebody means to you when they're gone so quick. You're not able to collect those thoughts. I mean, I'll get off. I'll be done with this podcast in five or ten minutes and another 20 things will come into my brain. I'll be like, oh, should have said that. But I don't want this to be too long because I want people to actually listen to it. I didn't get to say goodbye to him, which really hurts. Um, it was so sudden and I don't imagine a lot of people got to say goodbye except for his immediate family and Tyler, of course, which is basically family. But if I could say one thing to him, I mean, I, as men, we don't say I love you enough to other men, especially, but I would tell him I loved him and thank you for everything he did for me and, 
showing me another way to be a father. Um, him and my dad are not polar opposites, but they probably aren't uh, too similar in their parenting methods. Uh, but both good men in their own rights. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to, I'm going to edit and fix this up and hopefully some people listen to it and know that the world lost, uh, the world as a whole is lesser now without Ricky Mungle in it. The bourbon community is harmed. Irreparably, irreparably, yeah, I got it that time, I think, by Ricky Mungle's loss. There'll never be another one like him. I can only hope to be close. And um, until I see you at the end, Ricky, love you, buddy. And uh, until next time, even more, enjoy your pours and enjoy your family.